Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, family? Thank you for tuning in to the Dream Nation podcast. My name is Casanova. I'll be your host, and I'm excited to be bringing to you entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and trailblazers from around the world. Stay locked in with us because we're about to go on a journey that will change your life. What's up, Dream Builder? We are back again, and we have an episode that I'm excited to bring to you because no matter who you are or where you are in your journey in life, you have some information inside of you that I know can inspire somebody else to go out and live a life by their design. And so today, we have the master, my brother on the show, Mr. George Pitts, who's going to teach us exactly how to do just that. George, you want to go ahead and say what's up to Dream Nation? What's good, Dream Nation, man? What's happening out there? Appreciate you guys for having me out here today. Oh, man, it's a blessing to have you on. Now, for anybody that doesn't know, you have been able to make impact on thousands of lives by teaching them how to monetize anything that they have. And we know that from outside looking in, we see Superman. And I always like to give the proper introductions. The way that I do that is I compare us as thought leaders, entrepreneurs, change makers to superheroes. And the reason being is because we're constantly flying around the world. We're putting on that cape and we're trying to solve some of the world's biggest problems. And so my question for you is, we all know who Clark Kent is behind that Superman. But what we don't know is who is that Clark Kent behind the superhero that we know as George Pitts. So if we could take it all back to when you were just a young boy, tell us who is the man behind the S on the chest when it comes to George Pitts? Man, I would say, you know, the 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 man behind behind the cape, uh, you know, started off as an entrepreneurship from the beginning. Hmm. So when I was younger, man, um, you know, I was raised by my grandmother. Um, you know, my mom was around. My, my dad he ended up going to prison for seven years. Uh, of my life. And so my grandparents were like, you know, my mom and dad most of the time because they were they were that foundation for me. And then my grandfather, he passed away in 95. And that was a big deal for me because, you know, he was my step grandfather at that, but he was all we knew as grandpa. And he he treated us, you know, better than anyone could ever imagine. And uh, so so it took a lot out of me. And um, so I used to, you know, because my grandfather left me as a breadwinner and my grandmother got this thing called a widow pension, which is basically just a check every month because of because he had passed away. But it really wasn't much. And at the time, it was me, my sister. I had cousins that were older that lived there and she was taking care of everybody on an 800. Well, at the time, it was like a 600 and some odd dollar check every month. So what I was doing was I was I was too young to work at the time. I was only about 13, uh, probably even younger than that. So I started cutting yards. What happened one day, man, was that I was cutting uh, my grandmother's yard and one of my cousins had left a hanger in the yard and I ran over it and jacked up the blade. So at the time, man, I had seven yards that I was cutting in the neighborhood. And I was like, man, um, how am I going to cut these yards? So I had to reach out to some of my friends who had lawnmowers. I said, look, 
you go cut this yard over there, I'm going to give you $10. And so they're like, okay, cool. Now I was getting 20 for it. So now I had these people cutting lines for me and I'm splitting it, but I'm not having to do any other work, which was right. nice. So then I was like, yo, this is, this is, I, this could be something here. And I was only doing it on the street that we lived on, right? So I started going to the streets behind us and knocking on doors, man. And before I knew it, I had about 25 lines. Hmm. And that's how I was able, once we got all the that money coming in, I was able to take my grandmother's lawnmower to this place called Cornford's Key Shop. It was a key shop place that made keys, but they also had a lawnmower repair shop in the back. And so I took it down there. They fixed it after a couple of days and I was back in action. But I kept everybody working. And, you know, every day they would come to my backyard. We had alleys where I lived. And so we all traveled through the alleys on our bikes and stuff. And they would come to the back. And I'm like, how many yards did you do? They're like three. I'm like, okay, here's 30 bucks. How many did mm. you do? I did two. Here's 20. And man, it was just something that continued to progress. So I always had that entrepreneur spirit in me or whatever, so to speak. No, man, I love that. And it's so crazy because for me, when I first started out and I tell people, I don't tell it too often, but when people say that what was like my first entrepreneur thing, and I remember for me, same thing. I didn't have really anything. I was never deprived of love and support, but I didn't have a lot. But here's what my first ever thing was. I started going to the gas station, right? Because one, they had the penny candy. Back then where you can get, you know, fruit, Tootsie Rolls and all that for yeah. five cents, 10 cents or even quarter. So it was there. But then one day my buddy and I, we like, yo, what about if we just ask people if we could pump their gas, right? In hopes to get tips. So what, what happened, this was before everybody was using debit cards and credit cards at the ATM or not at the ATM, but at the gas pump, right? So for uh, us, when you come back outside, we'd be waiting right there. And I say, hey, mister, do you mind if I pump your gas? Right. And I'm just trying to serve you in hopes that obviously you would give me a dollar, five dollars, whatever it was. And if I remember it was like within that first week, one night I walked out of there and we was only there for two, three hours. But I walked out of there like fifty dollars. And I was like, oh, man, because people were it was just good to see a young brother or even a sister. Right. I'm sure this is how people were looking at it. That, look, there's a whole bunch of crime going on in this world. Right. And this young brother's out here trying to do something to be better. Right. And and like you got to give credit to that. And so I think that a lot of the times when you're taking action, which is what I heard from you at an early age, you're going to knock on doors. Right. And people see it like what this little boy want. He, he's selling candy or something. He's just trying to ask for some money. But it's like, no, hey, I see your lawn maybe isn't how you want it to be. Can I serve you? From there, man, you start to win. So I loved hearing that. It, it, it's crazy. So fast forward, though, and, and like what I want to know is how did you get into what you're doing right now, right? Because there's a lot that we're going to uncover into all of this, but you've been able to teach people how to monetize anything. How did that come about? Man, let me tell you exactly what happened. I was working a job, a W-2 job in the summer, and I was on contract. My background is in IT. So I was working in the IT department for this large hotel chain at one of their business offices. And so I was on a contract. So that's just like where you're on a project. Once that project's done, they your contract's over and you gotta go find another job. And so everybody there loved me. They love my personality. So they're like, George, we know your contract's up. But we really wanna keep you around, but the only places we got an opening is in payroll. Would you be willing to come here? You become a full-time employee, make more money, you're gonna get benefits, all that good stuff. Yeah, I'm a newlywed. We live paycheck to paycheck. You talking about you gonna pay me a dollar fifty more than what I make an hour? Where I gotta go? Right. And so they 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 hired me, and man, I struggled in that position. Again, my background is in IT. I've never done anything like payroll, accounting, all that other stuff. 
there were people that weren't sometimes were getting checks that were too low, too high. Because I was over, you get a so many hotels that you're over their payroll. And all my hotels were Hawaii hotels. So they're four hours behind us. They're no, actually longer than that. No, it is four hours. I can't remember. But anyway, but they got different laws, different taxes that come out, and it was just different. So I went to my director and I was like, man, I'm struggling. I said, her name was Kylie. I was like, Miss Kylie, I'm struggling. They they put me in this position. I appreciate it, but I really need some training. They just put me in here and gave me this this binder and said, read this and just do everything it says. And I said, I'm struggling because a lot of the stuff that's in this binder is for like mostly states here in the States, but why is just different? Mm. And she was just like, I understand. She's like, the reason we hired you is because you were, you're, you're a man of integrity. You're honest, all those other things. I'm going to get you all the help that you need. I said, cool. So the next day I get to work, I'm thinking I'm starting a new job because it's just like this weight lifted off my shoulders because I was stressing like, man, I'm not, I'm not doing too well. And I finished the day out. And at the end of the day, my supervisor, she came to me. She's like, George, uh, will you walk me out? You know, we're getting ready to leave. I said, sure. And she's like, before we go, let's stop by HR. Just need to drop off these papers. And I said, okay. So I'm sitting there. She goes into the HR director's office. I'm sitting there just standing at the door waiting. Got my backpack. I'm ready to go. And then the HR director comes out and says, Mr. Pitts, are you ready? And I was like, yeah. Like, what right. do you mean? I'm thinking she's walking out with us. And Wendy walks past me and kind of like, it's just weird. And so I'm like about to walk out and she's in the director's no, come here. And I'm I'm like confused. She's confused. So I get in there and she's like, So I understand you're looking for new opportunities that you you're gonna explore other opportunities and you're deciding to leave us. I was like, What? And she was like, yeah, I just talked to your supervisor and, you know, the, your director called earlier today. She said you had a discussion with them and you decided you want to leave and you're going to pursue other opportunities. I said, I never said that. I was like, what are you talking about? You got the right person? Yeah. And she looked at me like, oh. and she could tell, like, we both been set up. They didn't tell me. They didn't really tell her. They had her do the dirty work. Got it. But she leaned over like this and was like, Mr. Pitts, listen, we live in an at-will state. What at-will means is that if you are, we can let you go for any reason. She's like, we can say this was a big misunderstanding. You can report back tomorrow and they can they can get rid of you. Then you, it goes down to termination. What I'm going to recommend is that you take this and I'm going to give you a month of severance. All right. That's the best I can do. And I'll put you down as rehirable. But I would take this if I was you. This is two weeks before Christmas, December 15th. I'll never forget it. How many years ago? This was back in 2009. So it was roughly 11 years ago. Yeah. And I remember getting in my car. I'm like in a daze. I'm confused. What just happened? I'm a newlywed. We only been married a year. We got these car payments. We just moved into this new apartment. It was more expensive than where we lived before. All these things were going through my head. And so fast forward, man, my, my wife was getting ready for work. The next morning, you know, I told her what happened. The next morning, she she's leaving. She about I, to go find. Was her name Kaya? Uh, no, <laughs> she about to go find her. I'm about to cut her. She got to get cut. Man, listen, it was it was crazy, man. So my my wife was getting ready for work, and I was sitting in her car because she used to go to work early in the morning. So I was sitting in her car and let it warm up at six in the morning because it was winter time while she was getting ready. When she left, man, and I saw her leave, I was just like, my wife's going to work to take care of me. And it just made me, as a man, it made me feel 
some, you know what I'm saying? You, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. You feel some type of way. I can't describe it. It just, I, I you're I, supposed I to be the provider. Laying in bed from six in the morning. It was like 548 or something. I remember looking at the clock when I walked in the house. It was 548 on the stove. And I got in bed and I laid there from 548 in the morning to noon, getting depressed. And I just heard God say, figure it out. Mm-hmm. So I walked to my room next door or to, to the second bedroom, man. And I got online. I just started looking. If you ever look for a job during the holidays, that's out. You know what I'm saying? Unless you get a holiday job. So I started researching. I joined these forums, man. And I ended up finding out about you can get work at home jobs to take do customer service for people. So I ended up getting a work at home job with QVC and Best Buy. I would do QVC in the mornings, which are people calling about their orders. Hey, when is it coming? Is it going to be here before Christmas? Same thing with Best Buy. So all day I'm taking calls for QVC and Best Buy for like 10 hours a day because I'm not making that much money. I was making $16.50 an hour at the Hyatt, you know, where I was working. And now I'm making like $9.50 an hour. You know what I'm mm. saying? So I'm working all day and they're asking, does people want to work more? Does people want some extra hours? I'm like, yeah, I'll take it because that's a big pot to fill up. Right. Anyway, man, I ended up getting a job in February 2010, a full-time job, but I kept both of those work-at-home jobs. And I just kind of got ourselves out of debt. I ended up giving my car back because I was tired of living paycheck to paycheck. So we cut that. And that was the beginning. Because once I cut that 350 that was coming out every couple of weeks, because it was a high deal because of the buyer payment, now I had this extra income. I got back on that forum where I learned about work-at-home jobs. And that's where I learned about internet marketing. And this guy was selling a course for 500 bucks, teaching you how to build WordPress websites and do search engine optimization for businesses. And I got into it, learned it, started reaching out to people on Craigslist. I came up with my own system. And man, I started making money like crazy building websites while I was working full time and building and doing customer service in the evening for AT&T now. And I did that for two and a half years, man, before I'm like, Man, all this money's coming in and things are getting good. And then I started learning about stocks and other things and it just kept evolving after that. Man, so powerful. And it's just, it doesn't matter wherever you are, you just got to start something. For a lot of people, they get so stuck because they're like, man, like you, you were humble enough to know. And I know that feeling, right? After losing everything, my wife was not only supporting me emotionally because I had just lost my mom, but she was supporting me financially as well. So I know that all too well. But it's like at the end of the day, you got to ask yourself, like, I understand right now I'm going through a pressure situation. There's a lot of pressure on me. But here's one thing that we know and something that we can all agree on. Pressure does bust pipes, but it also creates diamonds. So you got to ask yourself when you're laying in bed, if you're somebody that's on the couch right now or you're driving and you don't got a job, you just drive it to the gas station, you get in a pop or whatever it is, you got to ask yourself, yo, am I a diamond or am I a busted pipe? Yeah. I don't know anybody that's going to say to themselves, look, I'm a busted pipe, right? If you do, we got some more work to do. We, we got to go a little bit deeper. We got to figure out how to get you out of that mindset first and foremost, which is the root of it all. But I love it, my brother. So you started out. And you're helping people in the internet marketing, the digital space. Now you go to Craigslist. When you when you were first reaching out to people on Craigslist, did you have a script? Did you like how how were you getting people to say yes that you could build their websites? So man, here's what I did. I'm gonna give you guys some game, right? So the the course that I took, they were teaching you how to build the website and then how to do SEO for the businesses. And what he said in there was that 
do cold calling, call businesses, tell them, hey, my name is such and such. And then he had a script with it. And so I was calling these businesses and it was just like, no, 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 we're not interested. And they were just hanging up, hanging up. And I'm like, man, I can't do this all day. This is stupid. I was doing it on my lunch break. I'm going out to my car, just calling people. I would Google throughout the day, put this list together. On my lunch break, I'd go outside and call them. You know what I'm saying? Nothing. So finally, I'm like, damn. So finally, I went to Craigslist and I went to the services page. I was looking for something. And I remember on the services page, I'm seeing all these people that have these posts, attorneys, bookkeepers, CPAs, tax preparers, and they had no website. It was just a, you had a little Craigslist link that you would click it and reply to it. And I'm like, man. And so what I did was I would reach out to them. I said, how do I do this without code? Because I don't really like the code calling thing. So what I would do is I would email them like, hey, I'm interested in finding a bookkeeper for my business. I'm a website business. Looking for a bookkeeper, I was wondering, did you have a website that I can go and get more information on your on your services? Because that's how I like to do my stuff, being a website guy. And then if it was an attorney, hi, I'm looking for a business attorney. Do you help, you know, businesses? I have a small business. I build websites. Do you have a website? I can go find more about what, what areas of law you practice because that's how I like to look at stuff. And I was just sending that same thing. And man, I, I think for every 10 emails I sent, four people would write back. No, I don't have a website. Here's all the services I offer. But a website sounds like a good idea. Would you like to talk? Question mark. Mm. Yeah, you know. Right? And some people, no, I don't have a website, but here's my number to call me. Also, would love to learn more about your services. And I'm like, okay, now we got something. Yeah. So I'm getting on the phone with people. We're talking. So this attorney... I'm on the phone with her and she's like, sweetie, I only do estate planning. I do strictly estate planning. I don't do business law or anything like that. But I would be real interested to possibly have a website built for me. Can you come to my office? So this is where mindset comes in. We're about to learn. So so I'm like, okay, which day will work? And she tells me. So I put in PTO to take that day off. Because remember, I'm still working full time. I go, her office is about 30 minutes from where I work and live. I get to her office. We go to this, you know, conference room. We're sitting down. I'm just giving this feel. I got my little PowerPoint up. I worked on till three in the morning, wide-eyed, bushy-tailed, just rolling on four hours of sleep, but just high on life. Right. And she's sitting there. And if you've ever gave a presentation and you can see where people are uninterested, she's like piddling around. You can just touch the back. And then finally, she's like, okay, Mr. Fitz, everything you said sounds good. How much would you charge me to build a website? I said, what's going to depend on this then? So she reaches down, she gets her purse, and I think she's about to get up and leave. She pulls out her checkbook. She's like, Mr. Pitts, I don't have time for this. She's like, I've got several clients I've got to get on. I've got to get to court in an hour. I've got a case to prepare for. Tell me a number. I could have told this lady $5,000 she would have wrote the check. I said, $600. And wrote the check like, really? That's it? Here, get with my assistant. She'll tell you everything I want and just get it done when you can. And that was my first check that an employer didn't give me. And it just empowered me. And I remember leaving that that office, going to Chase Bank's ATM to deposit it. Because I've always wanted to use the ATM deposit thing. And I never had used it before. That was around the time that came out. And uh, I put it in there. And I just remember thinking, wow. What if I got three of these a month? That'd be like $1,500 a month. That's where my mind was at the time. Right. $1,500 a month. 
that take care of my car. You know, I can get my me another car. That take care of my apartment. We'd be good. And then my, my check over here, I just got to pay this. We're solid. And Manny just started to blow up after that. I finished her website. She got it up. And all of a sudden, all these attorneys started calling me. Hey, you just did this website for such and such. She said you were her guy. Can you can you come look at all? Can you can you rebuild one? Can you do one for us? Before I knew it, man, I was doing ten websites a month, and I was averaging about seven hundred dollars per site. I was making way more money doing websites than I was in my job, but it was taking all of my time. So what I did was I learned about outsourcing, and I found this site called Odesk. And I started reaching out to people and I found some people that built websites over in like Bangladesh. They were charging me $100 to build the site and I'm making 700 bucks for it. So now I'm able to do about 15 to 20 sites a month and I'm paying them maybe eight, $900 a month, but I'm bringing in about five or six grand. And it just, it just started rolling after that. So powerful. I love it. And just seizing opportunities, right? It was like, yo, I got to notice that when somebody invites me, uh, this is something that I always say, don't get hyped for the moment and then start to backpedal. You could have been like, yo, I want to talk to her. She's like, I'm by my office. And you're like, ah, but I got to work tomorrow. I don't think you was like, nah, like I'm gonna get this PTO. I'm gonna find a way and then I'm gonna get there and, and, and I'm gonna just pitch my services. And I think that at the end of the day, she could still just tell it wasn't about the price. It was about your energy. It was about what she saw that she was going to get in partnering with you that she's like, Mr. P- just tell me the number, my brother. I want to, I want to work with you. Enough. Yeah. You done told me enough. I was sold. 10 slides ago. That's where she was at. I love it, man. And it's so dope to hear situations like that because there's always different seasons. And you could, I'm, I'm imagining you could look back at that time and, yo, there was a time where I, I couldn't even get out of bed. Now I'm cashing checks that I that I earned that I didn't have to necessarily even trade my time for money for. So that's so powerful when you say that. Fast forward, though. Now you've been able to teach other people how they can monetize anything. So talk to me about that. Like what? Because for somebody out there right now that says, listen, I don't want to build websites. I don't know anything about building websites. I don't even know where to find a program like that for $500. I don't got $500. And if I did get it, I'm, I'm scared I might get ripped off. So how do I figure out what I can do to be able to accelerate my path on figuring out how I can monetize my information? What's that first step for me? So the first step is you got to find out what people want and what you got to, and and let me rephrase that, what people would want from you. And the way that you find that out is by identifying what you have to offer, right? If you walk into a Walmart, Walmart has tons of things to offer, right? But versus if you walk into a shoe store, they just have shoes to offer. So you just got to figure out what people want from you. And what I did or how it worked for me, just I won't spend too much time on this story, but once I was making all this money, I saved up a few grand and I bought an iPhone 4S. That was the first iPhone I ever purchased. Before that, it was all Samsungs or Galaxies or whatever because they were cheaper and it was Android. So I got my first iPhone and I remember I had all these phones in my dresser drawer and they were all Androids. And I was like, man, I guess I'm just going to put these on Craigslist and sell them. And my coworker was like, don't do that. Put it on eBay. You'll get way more money for it. Like eBay, you not on eBay anymore. Like everybody's on Amazon. Like, Trust me. So I put these phones on eBay. They sold in like an hour, like quick. And I'm like, and they sold for like three or four times more than what they were on Craigslist. So I started buying phones on Craigslist and putting them on eBay. I started making money doing that. So then this app was out called Periscope. And I would go on there. It was a live streaming app. And I would just 
go through my day. Like maybe, hey, I just got shit with the phones. Let's see what they look like. Or, hey, let's let's see what eBay sales look like. And people started asking me, do you teach that? Do you offer coaching for that? And at the time, I didn't know coaching. I didn't know nothing. I was like, no, nah, I don't I do not do any of that stuff. And people wanted to pay me to teach them that. And so what I did was instead of just taking their money, I ended up hiring someone, this coach that was a sales coach, to teach me how to be a coach because I didn't know how to do it. He taught me how to set up my systems, different things like that. And then that's when I offered my first course. And that was an eBay course. Now, let me tell you what happened with that, because people need to hear this part. This is, yeah. this is imposter syndrome at its finest. I announced, I went live, I made my title, you asked, here it is. And all these exclamation points. So I had like 30 people come in my live, which at the time was a lot of people when that came out, a lot of people. And uh, all these people was like, what is it? What's going on? And I was like, you guys have been asking me for a long time about this eBay course. I'm going to do it live. I'm going to teach you guys how to do it. Here's the link to go and, and sign up for it. The class starts Friday. So at the time, I had it up for 97 bucks and like six people signed up. And I remember this guy that, that I was a part of this Facebook group with that it was all like online entrepreneurs. He's like, hey, man, how's, this, how's, the, how's the launch going? I was like, it's going pretty good. I got six people that signed up. He's like, okay, cool, cool. How much, how much you put it on there for? I said, $97. He said, hey, go, go take that down. I was like, what? He said, go take it, down, take it down right now. He said, I need you to put, you need to sell that course for $497. I said, what? He said, that's a $500 course. You need to sell for $500. I said, I can't do that. He's like, he's like, why? He's like, you're teaching them how to make a bunch of money. $97, no, take it down. And man, we were on the phone for an hour going back and forth. Finally, I agreed to put it at $297. And he was like, all right, but you can't do it at three, you know, ninety-seven dollars. So I took it down, put it back up for two ninety-seven. Twenty-six people signed up. Six had only signed up at ninety-seven. Twenty-six more people signed up at two ninety-seven. So I was like, "What just happened?" And here's what happened to me. I immediately started thinking. I got, I got over $7,000 sitting in my PayPal account and I got to teach all these people about eBay. What if I, what if I start teaching them they've heard this before? What if they say they could have got this on YouTube? I said, I'm just giving everybody their money back. I'm canceled. And I, cause I got, I got nervous. I got scared. I never made that kind of money before one period of time, just teaching something that I knew. I was like, everybody, they'll be like, oh, I could have asked somebody at work about this. That's what I was thinking. Cause that's right. how I learned. And I was I was I was gonna take it down. I was just gonna refund everybody on PayPal. And I remember he called me. Hey, how's it going? I was like, man, I had twenty. I got thirty-two people that signed up total. Twenty-six signed up since I raised. See, I told you, good job, good job. I'm like, man, I'm gonna refund everybody. He's like, why? I was like, man, I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. What if I don't know enough? There's like, I don't even do like eBay auctions. What if people ask me a question about that? All I do is buy it now. He's like, why are you worried about that? They they bought this course because they don't know nothing about that. So whatever you teach them is more than what they know now. And I was like, man, I can't do it. I don't think they're going to like this. He's like, he's like, just do it. He's like, they don't like it, refund them the money. And whoever does like it, you can keep it. And I was thinking to myself, okay, I got 7,000 in here. If I refund 4,000, if I can just keep three, I'd be good. I'm already in my mind thinking I'm going to at least get $4,000. I'll be okay if people $4,000 worth of people want their money back. Yeah. In the class, man, 
everybody was raving. I'm going through the presentation, two hours passed by, and I'm like, okay, guys, you know, that's that's it for today. And they're like, man, this is the best investment I made. This is good. I'm seeing all these comments. I'm like, I want you guys to, to come back tomorrow and I'm going to teach you about this side of it. They're like, wait, there's more? And I'm like, yeah, if you guys can make it tomorrow at noon, which was a Saturday, I want you guys to meet me at the same link and I'm going to teach you guys about how to buy stuff overseas and import it in and sell it in volume. They're like, man, I thought that was it. They're, oh my, this was the best investment I ever made. And I'm just sitting there tripping out. But here's the deal. After I finished the class, everybody was happy. They gave me reviews. They're telling everybody. I didn't spend that money for four months. Because you were scared you was going to have to refund it. Somebody was going to want some of their money back. <laughs> yeah, you, you better put a money back guarantee in that. You've been 14 days. After 14 days. Man, like, I didn't touch that money until after the first of the year. I, t- I did that class in October. I didn't touch that money. Into, and, I, and, and at that time in my life, any money I got that came in, I was touching it. Right. That was the one time I did not touch that money because I was waiting on people to ask for it. And so getting back to answering your question, you got to do an inventory of what you know, all those things down, and then decide, okay, if people wanted this from me, how would I explain this to someone that doesn't know anything about it? So let's just say you're really good at writing because there's a lot of writers. They work a full-time job and and they're really good at it. Well, copywriting is a big deal right now. Big deal. Absolutely. And people don't realize that they're good at that and they don't realize they're good at it because they just, they're like, well, I just do it for myself or I just do it. But think about how you would teach someone how to get in the mode of writing a good story or writing a good persuasive copy or articles. Some people got blogs that many people don't know about and it's good content. I've seen good blogs that's got great content and like not a lot of traffic. So you just got to think about once you identify the things that you're good at, how would you teach this to someone that's not good at it and knows nothing about it, but is gung-ho about learning? What's the first step? What's the second step? And then what I like to teach in, and I, I try to tell people to do, is teach in, in parables, right? Jesus did. Break it down and give it a real-world example to make them come back. Oh, I get it now. You know what I'm saying? Not everybody's going to know the terms that because if they did, they wouldn't be needing the information you got to offer anyway. When you're teaching or when you're like writing your course or writing out what you want to teach, always think of examples that are real world that people can get with. Say that you're a rapper and you're doing 10 shows a week or something like that and make it relatable. And, and then you just build your content around that. And then once you build your content, you need to decide who it's for. Now, this is, the, this is the part where people really miss. Your content is not going to be for everybody. So when you're sitting up here thinking, well, I don't know if anybody's going to want this. Not everybody's supposed to want it. Not everybody's going to mm. want it. But you need to know who would want it. Is it a single mother or father? Or is it a couple that's married and ready to get their finances in order? Is, this, uh, is these people professionals or are, do they work in a call center? Do, you know, do they have a high school diploma? Do they got kids? What is their why? Their why is they want a better future for their kids because they were raised by their grandparents and because their, their, their mom was always working all the time. And so they don't want to give that life to their kids. What is their why? And then you speak to those things. You put content out there around those things that's going to grow your audience and influence because people are going to be like, that's me. Or I feel like they're talking to me. I've made so many posts doing this where people are like, why are you always in my head? Why are you always, every time I'm thinking about this, you post something, how do you know all this? It's because I already have in my mind 
who my content is for. So guess what happens? When the people that it's for see it, they attract to it like a magnet. So then when I make a post of, hey, I got a course coming out, it's going to be this, this, and this, guess who's interested? All the people that I've been speaking to leading up to it. I love it, man. So much fire there. And that goes against the contrary of what most people do. They try to decide that up front, who do they want to make things for. But I think if you just go after what you know, because that's easy to you, that's going back to your foundation. Okay. I already have a background in writing, or maybe I worked at a job for doing digital marketing when I was an intern in college, or maybe I already have a little bit of real estate knowledge because my aunt was a realtor and she used to take me around or investing, whatever. Create that in the beginning. And then you just ask yourself, Okay, so right now I got a valuable asset. I just got to figure out who would want this asset, right? Who, who's I got it already. It's already created. Who would want this? Okay, if it's real estate, it's maybe if we're talking about marketing, it's maybe a realtor who doesn't understand marketing. So I'm putting that copy out there to say, hey, are you a realtor that struggled? to market yourself, to become the go-to influence in your market. But you know how to be able to teach people how to get from A to Z. You're just trying to figure out how to find more of those people. Well, I want to help you do just that. I've created this course and here's the why behind it. Mm -hmm. And so I love that, man. That's so powerful. I hope that that can give somebody another leg up to where they say, okay, I have been doing it wrong. I've been procrastinating. I've been, what is it? What's the word? Analysis of paralysis, right? Mm -hmm. Because in the beginning, I'm trying to figure out who do I make content for? Who is my avatar? Like just make the content and then figure out who could use it. That's what banks do. Banks go get all of the money and they say, well, who needs money? Are you yep. somebody that you're struggling to pay your mortgage right now? That's y'all giving out loans. <laughs> I you need know what lenders do? Have you been approved? Are you tired of being not approved for a car? Are you tired of, you know what I'm saying? Is your credit less than perfect? Well, come over here to such and such and people rush to it, not realizing they signed an 18% interest rate. They are paying $5,000 more for a car than what it's worth. But all those things attract those people because they're like, yeah, I have been denied for credit. Yeah, I can't get the car that I want. Yeah, I'm tired of being denied for credit. Yeah, I want this, someone to say yes. And that's what you got to do. And it, it's just that to give you guys like even a little bit more glimpse into it, sometimes you got to talk to your old self. Some content I write, I write to the old me. And because I know there's someone where I, that, that, where I was before that's there now. And I remember what it was like not really understanding the opportunities that the online space was offering, even at the time when it was first out, I could have been killing it even more now if I would have started back then. So sometimes some of the content I write is I'll sit up here and be thinking about something like, where was I at about before all this started? I remember I was working this job and I was tired of this and this was going on. And I'd write something, I'd write a caption for it, make a post and people read it like, oh my God, you, this is me right now. And I'm thinking that was me 12 years ago. So sometimes you just got to write to your old you. Use social media or your or your your page that you're trying to grow. Use it as a journal to the old you. And you will be surprised how many old Jews come. And guess what? It's easy to lead people who you already once were from the from the wilderness to the promised land because you've already taken that route. So we just got to learn how to become the Moses of this journey to take people from Egypt to the land of milk and honey. 
Man, so much wisdom right there. That Somebody right now, they got to be able to get off of that couch or get out of that bed. Maybe it's 548 in the morning when you're listening to this. Maybe your husband. And shout out to women, too, because just I know my wife, but just like your wife, right? Getting up, knowing that your husband just look, but you're not going to complain. You're going to get up. You're going to still go do what you got to do to be able to keep this family holding it down. Never let them see you sweat, whether it's your mom, your grandma, your auntie. We've seen it all. Right. And they're so strong. So I just wanted to put that out there. I never I've, I've been raised by women. So I, I know, including my wife, who raises me every single day. I, I got I got as much tenacity and stubbornness as anybody. But obviously, it takes a special woman in any man's life. Right. Whether that's a mother or grandmother or sister or whatever, to be able to preserve that heart. But at the same time, get that fire, because she also said something that lit you up. That was like, yo, OK, it's noon. I got a little bit of time to wallow, but she says something. Let me make sure that she don't come back at 5 p.m. and be like, bro, you still living in this bag? Yeah. Now I got to cut you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, now I got a problem. Now I got a problem, bro. I gave you those couple hours. You got to get up, get out, and get something, though. Yeah. So kudos to her. Man, this has been a super dope and exciting conversation. One question I want to ask you is, I know when I ask a lot of people if there was anything that they would go back and change in their journey, a lot of the times people say there's not, but I always call it out because I say there's something that we would all change because now we're so much wiser. We have so much more intuition and belief in ourselves. Hopefully we're at this point in our life because we've matured. And so looking back on your journey, if there was one thing that you could change or that you wish you would implement it sooner to be able to accelerate your path on your journey and your dream of where you are today, what would that one thing be? One thing is, of course, I would have started sooner because I learned about this stuff before, but... Started digital know, marketing sooner or started what sooner? Digital marketing. And I wish I would have stuck with it because I was a part of a group that had people like Russell Brunson in it and so many other people that I was in forums with. We're commenting and doing things and they're talking about these ideas. Was this back in the day on like Warrior Forum? Warrior Forum. That's it. <laughs> I know. That's it. That's the forum. And those guys were on there. Those guys that are like big time right now, they were on that. And I was on there with them. We, I would start some threads. They would comment on it, asking me questions. I would ask them questions. I really wish I would have started sooner and been consistent with it. Because it was just like, one of the things I noticed, I was jumping from, from different things. So I, I didn't put a lot of energy towards something. So I would have started sooner and maybe been a little more consistent with it because it could have evolved. But it ended up still coming together full circle. But the thing is, man, is that if I would have just started sooner and been more consistent with it, that's something I, I probably would have done. Um, Let me ask, who's your favorite internet marketer? Is, is it Russell? <sighs> oh, man. At first, I didn't really care for Russell like that whenever ClickFunnels and stuff came out. Because because I knew that, that talk, when I would hear it, I'd be like, He's about to sell this or he's about to pitch that. I would go into some of their webinars and I knew when they were transitioning. Right. Because we learned all that together. I'm like, okay, this is what's about to happen. He's going to do this, this, and this. And he would do it. And, and I used to hate that. But then when I learned more about him and his background and things like that, I really started to respect him more. Now, to answer your question, who's my favorite internet marketer? <clears throat> Man. 
And the reason why I asked that, I guess it doesn't have to be from a fan board perspective, but at the same time, it's more about who's that person that when you're on Instagram or Facebook and we, we all scroll, we've seen the ads, they retarget us, whatever. Who's that person that, that it's hard to, for you to keep scrolling past? Who's that person that's, this dude is serious. Man. Or, or gal. Hitting me with it today, man. You hit, there's so many good people, man. But oh gosh, I've been off Instagram for about three weeks now. So now I gotta I gotta dig back into the files, man. God, there's so many people, man. I would say there's a guy, he was actually on the forum too. His name is Billy Jean. Yeah, yeah. We, shout out to Billy. We had Billy Jean on the show before. Billy Jean, let me tell you what, let me tell you about Billy Jean. I like Billy Jean because he is very strategic. But he doesn't give a damn what people think. He's all he 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 doesn't tote the line on anything, and that's why I respect him so much. He's one of the people, and, and he really inspired me to really get back into like my journey of just eating healthier, being healthier because he's been doing that a lot. I would say Billy Jean just because he's very good at what he does, but even outside of just that, he's very good at just being personable. He's very good at just being real. He tackles things on his platform that many people stay away from, politics, movements, things like that. And he's so unapologetic to, about it all. And that's what I like about him. And I'll be honest, he was also a person I wasn't a big fan of years ago because I, I wasn't a big fan of people that were big salespeople, even though they were doing different things. But then once I got into the space I am now, I'm like, well, we kind of all do that. Then I start to respect those guys. But if I had to pick one person that whenever I'm scrolling, I come across their content. I'm like, I got to see what they're saying. He's probably one of them. Um, and there's many other people, you know, even outside that aren't as big as him. But Billy Jean is, is right there. No, shout out to Billy. That's yeah. definitely my brother. And uh, I, I would definitely agree. He's somebody who he shows his authenticity. You either like it or you don't, but you can never call him fake. So I love that. Man, again, this has been a phenomenal conversation. The last question I have for you is there somebody out there that loves your story? They connect with you and they want to blaze a path just similar to what you've done, but they have that little voice in their head. And that little voice says that they're not start, they're not smart enough. Maybe they're not strong enough, or maybe they just don't have enough resources. What's that one thing that you would leave that person with to get them to just take action? Here's a mindset trick that they're going to do. First of all, most of the critics that we have before we start something are the ones that we create mm. because we don't have, no one knows about us when we're in that phase of thinking about something because we haven't put anything out there. So what I would say is think of the person that pissed you off in your life that you just think about that you would just be like, man, this is what I would do if I could be in the room with that person. How would you eliminate that person? And you need to do that to the voice in your head because mm. that's the person. What if they say I shoot him? You need to shoot that person in your head. But if <laughs> but you don't need to go and shoot the person out there. <laughs> Let me just say that. They like, yo, if I saw him right now. Like, he's, no, but <laughs> you got too much to lose, fam. You gotta you gotta eliminate the critic that you create in your head. We think this person's gonna say I'm not smart enough. They don't like my voice. What if my camera quality's not good? What if they don't like my wig or something? They, they point out I'm wearing a wig or something like that. You got to let the market and the people that you are supposed to serve, you got to let them make those decisions first. Mm. You have got to stop making decisions for everybody else. You know what I'm saying? If you just think about when you reached out to me or even Billie Jean or all these other people, what if you were like, 
they're not going to want to talk to me. You know what I'm saying? They, they haven't heard of my show. Whatever. You would have never known. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I reached out to Irv Gotti and his brother about being on my podcast just on a whim, and they responded to me. It was just an Instagram DM. You know what I'm saying? And so, But I was thinking in my head when I sent it, they're, they're never going to read this. They get thousands of... But then I said, let me just let me just send it and see what happens. You just got to do it and see what happens. You know what I'm saying? If you've already played in your mind what people are going to think, and if, let's just say they think it, you're at the same place you were before. Exactly you what I was thinking. You're no worse off than where you right. were before you, you had. thought they were going to do it. All you're doing is you're just getting confirmation you were right. But let's play, let's play the fact that what if you're wrong? And this is one time you want to be wrong. What if they're like, I want more of you? Do you have a book? Do you offer mentorship? Do you got some type of a membership or group I can be a part of? What are you going to do then? Because that's what I ran into. And when I had people that were coming to me wanting all this stuff, I had to then take a step back and start putting all this stuff together because I realized people were wanting more from me than what I was thinking they actually wanted in the first place. Hmm. So... What you got to do, guys, is that one of the best ways, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, one of the best ways to do this is think of a car that you want. Go test drive. Find out how much it costs. And then what I want you to do once you find out how much it costs, I want you to write down 197 That's just the average price of a course. And divide the price of that car by 197 That's how many people you got to sell that to get that car. Mm-hmm. And then work on building something and have that as your thing. If I just get 200 people that believe in what I say out of the billion people on Instagram, if I just get 200, I can go and get that car. I love it, man. Again, so much gems, so many gems, so much wisdom that you've given off. For anybody that wants to stay connected with you, we'll make sure we put all of the links to all of your products and your social profiles in the show notes. But for anybody that says, hey, I want to stay connected with that brother, he's dropping so much value. Where can they find you at? So they can find me on all platforms at Mr. George Pitts. That's Twitter, Facebook, primarily on Instagram and Pinterest. Soon to be on YouTube very soon. If you want to check out my podcast, the Monetize Everything podcast, that's on all podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, you name it, it's out there. We're going to be having a new season coming out in January. So I'm excited about that, which I got to get you on as well. Because people be need to hear more brother. of your story. I want to hear more of it. we got a lot of things going on, but those are the platforms you can find me at. And like I said, once 2021 gets here, it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. So you it's going to be connected. crazy. We've already seen it. We're, we're, we're now on the upside. We've seen what they had to throw at us. It was so funny. This last thing, this is, we'll leave it on camera, but I, I seen a meme that was the other day and they said, you know what? 2020 is doing this to us because Burger King tried to sell tacos, right? <laughs> and then when I read that, I was like, they're like, why is 2020 they're doing this to us because Burger King tried to sell tacos? And I was like, yeah, I don't know why they would have it. <laughs> but yeah, man, this has been a phenomenal conversation. Again, I want to say thank you, my brother. It's been a lot of fun. We love watching your success. We love hearing about your journey and we can't wait to watch even more of your growth. Remember Dream Nation, just as he said, you got to silence that inner critic and you got to take action because if you do not, being that you are somebody right now that have a dream, if you don't take action on it, that dream will only merely be a fantasy. That's all for this one. We'll catch you on the next one. That's all we got for this episode. Thank you for sticking around. That truly means a lot to me. And hopefully that means that we delivered massive value on this one. If you haven't already, the way that you could say thank you 
to myself and the team is just by heading over to iTunes and leaving a review and a rating. That's what iTunes loves to see. That's how we get out there even more. And I would definitely, definitely be grateful for it. I know the team would as well. Do me a favor and head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com. That's where you're going to be able to find all of the resources that we talked about in today's episode, as well as more exclusive content. And you'll also be able to sign up to our email list where we have more exclusive content. And we always love to hear the feedback from you all because you're our tribe. So remember, in the dream we trust, we'll see you on the flip side. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.